Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Do you have in your heart, in your mind, a terrible, an awesome fear of God? I'm guessing that most of you will say, no, I don't. I think we're in such trouble because the fear of God is not in our hearts. And it's caused us to relax in his presence and treat Jesus like he was a pet, like a tame poodle, like a Santa Claus. And we have no idea really who God is and what his majesty is and that he is the Almighty. Let's talk some about what he can do. In the beginning, Genesis 1.1, God created the heavens and the earth. We learn in First John. We learn in Galatians. We learn in the Gospel of John. We learn in Colossians that Jesus is the creator God. 
he was in the beginning. And he created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We have no idea what the history of the earth was before the creation. When God started the creation of the earth, according to Genesis 1, it was a, it was without form or void. It was darkness over the face of the deep. But then the Spirit of God came and began to hover over that at the command of Jesus. And he brought forth an incredible creation. After the creation, it became corrupt. What do I mean corrupt? It became evil. It became violent. It became bitterly wicked. And God was deeply grieved that he'd made this earth. Genesis, the sixth chapter, verse 12, And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end to all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence. Behold, I will destroy them from the earth. Now make yourself an ark of gopher wood. And the whole story of the ark unfolded. Now we find God starts over. And he takes a man who is a pagan. But God calls him. His name was Abram. He said in Genesis 17, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. And then this God, this man who was this person who was later to become Jesus. In Genesis, the 18th chapter, the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent, heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men standing in front of him. Where did three men come from? They didn't walk across the desert. They came through some kind of portal into the earth. And now, Abraham knows this man, who appears as a man, but he's not. He's God. He's Jesus, pre-incarnate. Now, what I'm saying to you is, This is not just any person. This is the creator God of heaven and earth. He is the king of kings. He is God almighty. He can do with you as he chooses. You are not your own. And then the Lord said, in verse 20, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave. I'm going to go down and see exactly what the conditions are. He had two angels with him, both appearing as men. Abraham stands before the Lord. Now, please understand, 
this man he's referring to who stands before him is the pre-incarnate Jesus. And this pre-incarnate Jesus is the same one who created the earth. And he's also the same one who brought the flood on the earth and destroyed every living creature and every living being on the earth except Noah and his family. This is the most powerful being in the universe. He is he is most high. He is God. Now this God who stands as a man looks down, gets the reports on Sodom and Gomorrah, and decides that he must judge Sodom and Gomorrah. And we're told in the New Testament he did this as a warning. Please, do you understand Every one of you listening to this broadcast have the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit was the creative person who at Jesus' commands created the earth. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is looking right now at your life. He's observing whether you are walking righteously before him or whether you have turned your back on the Almighty and the commands he's given us. And whether you're choosing to walk in your own way. Now, let's be honest. There's no fear of God in America. There's no fear of God in in the people of America. We have our movie characters, Marvel. We have our Superman. We have our credit cards. We have our life that we've been allowed to live any way we've chosen to live. But the people before the flood also had their lives, and they were allowed to live any way they chose. Until God said, that's it. My heart is grieved by your by your incalculable evil. Scriptures are clear what that evil looks like. And number one is sexual uncleanness. Fornication, adultery, indecency. By what we do, what we think, where we go. God is watching this, this man, this, this God who appears as a man, and this, and this God who later would be born of a virgin is fully God and fully man. He, he understands who we are and how we operate. And if he looks at America today, he's going to come and destroy it. And he is watching. And God will come and destroy America. This land will burn. to show you how brainless, brainless Americans are. I talked with a woman who lives not far from the coast. Not far from the coast, the west coast. I said to her, Why do you live here? 
you know that all of the scientists tell us there's going to be a great catastrophic flood that's going to wash over this part of the country and everyone here will die. We will drown. And yet you live right here close to the water. Why? She answered me, We all have to die sometime. I might as well die here in a flood where I love living. We have no fear of death. We have no idea that death is not an entrance into the paradise of heaven. Death, for most, will be an entrance into an eternal hell where they will be judged by God for their foolish behavior and their wicked behavior, and he has a right to judge because he is the judge of the whole earth. He is the creator. He is the owner of earth. He is the owner of the universe. All things belong to him, and yet there's no fear of him. Look at the foolish people who live in San Francisco. There's no fear of God in San Francisco or L.A. And yet they know the whole East, the whole West Coast is subject to incredible destruction. It's simply when does God choose to trigger that destruction? New York City? The whole East Coast? It too is subject to a tsunami. There is an utter lack of of fear of death. Not recognizing that this man referred to as Lord is going to bring judgment for the wickedness of America. If he brought judgment for for the world with only Noah and his family escaping. Do you think God will not judge you for your wickedness? One man said to me, I'm a sexual addict. God understands. And he's not going to punish me. We'll tell that to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Tell that to the people who lived before the flood, the great flood that Noah experienced, where the entire earth was destroyed, according to Scripture. Tell that to them. Do you treasure life, or is life worthless to you? Do you serve the living God of heaven Or do you serve the demonic powers of darkness? What is your spiritual standing today? Are you fearless before death? Then you're an idiot, because death is not the end. After that comes the great white throne judgment. After that comes the assignment of the reward for what you have been and what you have done. And if you have sinned against Almighty God and you have not entered into the agreement with God regarding your sin, if you have not repented for that sin, if you are just unconsciously going on about your world, Relaxed, happy. You're a fool. Because judgment is coming. The fear of God needs to be in your heart because he will bring what he brought on on the earth 
during the flood, but this time it will be with fire. And again, every living person on the earth will be judged. Now this city of Sodom and Gomorrah, they've had the testimony, they've had the witness of Abraham to them. Abraham has delivered them militarily. They have heard his testimony. They have Melchizedek, the king of Salem, who does not worship idols. They have not changed their behavior. They are gravely wicked. They are sexually wicked. They lie and cheat and steal. They are filled with violence. They are not a hospitable people. They have no mercy of God in their hearts. They have turned away from the living God of heaven. And he tells Abraham, I'm going to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Their sin is very, very grave. Now I want to warn you, not long from now in the news will be stories of of the Lord raining down fire and brimstone on modern cities. And God will again begin to make judgments against cities in this nation and other nations, saying to them, I'm warning you, if you don't turn from your sin, I'm going to do this to the whole earth. So here's Sodom and Gomorrah. And they are having a normal day. Having breakfast. Building new homes. And as they go about their normal life, the angels come, and Lot and his family live in Sodom. They should not have been living there. They should have been living with Abraham. But no, they're having their own way. They're living where they choose. And Lot is sitting at the gate of Sodom as one of the leaders of the city. And Lot sees two angels. He stands up. They look like men. He bows himself. And he says, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house. Spend the night and wash your feet. And then you may rise early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly. So they turn aside and enter his house. And he made them a feast. They ate. But before they lay down to sleep for the night, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all of the men to the last man surrounded the house of Lot, and they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. That's the term of sexual intercourse. Lot went out to the men at the entrance. He shut the door behind him and he said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters. 
that would not be wicked? Of course it would be. Well, they are pulled in by the angels. And they cast a spell on all of the men outside who are banging on the door. They, In the Hebrew, it can very easily mean he made them dizzy. Or he confused them. They're trying to break into the house and they can't find the door. Then the men, angels who look like men. Have you anyone else here? Sons-in-laws, sons, daughters, anyone you have in the city? Bring them out. For we're about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people has become so great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out. He found his arranged sons-in-laws who were to marry his daughters. Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But it seemed to his sons-in-laws that he was he was joking. Obviously, Lot had never had a serious conversation with his family members and his future sons-in-laws. Till morning dawned, and the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, and they, in the mercy of the Lord, brought him out and set him outside the city. Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. Oh, my lords, behold, your servant has found favor in your sight. You've shown me great kindness in saving my life, but I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, this city is near enough to flee to, and it's a little one. Let me escape there. They agreed, escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive there, and don't look back. Do you hear what I'm saying to you today? If you do not have the fear of God in your heart, you don't know who God is. This Jesus this Lord, this God Almighty that we know as Jesus. He was the one who gave the orders to burn Sodom and Gomorrah and everyone in the city as a warning to the world. And yet you think you can go about your life unconcerned, You don't need to worry about this Jesus. I think we need to worry a great deal about him. He's the one who's going to come on a white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth to do war with the nations. And you have no fear of him? He is king of kings and lord of lords. And he's offering you a way of escape. He's offering to allow his blood to cleanse you. Verse 26. Lot's wife following a little bit behind, going toward this place of refuge. And she came help herself but look back in great longing and desire for her beautiful home in Sodom. She's looking with great concern at the flocks, at the 
at the herds of livestock, at her friends, the people she loves. Lot's wife loved darkness. And suddenly, because she is disobeying the Lord and looking back and longing for what she had in Sodom, she is turned instantly into a statue of salt. You know, I I tell you these stories and I read these things to you. You understand? God is going to judge the earth again. He is going to come and punish the wicked. You say, I don't believe in God. I don't know if he exists or not. And you live your life in the midst of your wickedness. You go your own way. You don't have to worry. You're fine. Really? I'm going to read for you. See if I can find it for you. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Now, here's what the flesh is. Sexual immorality. Fornication. It is the lust that flows out of the human heart. Impurity. Masturbation. Every form of impurity. Sensuality. Those things that draw our heart out of God's heart into the heart of darkness. Idolatry, that is, every idol, what you love more than Jesus, where you push away this great king who created the earth and then who brought judgment on the earth and and took the life of every man and woman and totally changed the earth. This, this same Jesus who came and burned every man, boy, girl, baby, totally destroyed the city, city of Sodom and the city of Gomorrah. And you say, but that's a cruel God. No, it's a wicked people. You don't have the right to be wicked. You don't have the right to turn against the Lord God of heaven. He's given you time to do that, if that's the choice of your heart. But if that's the choice of your heart, you will die. And you're not afraid? I'm terrified. God has a law. Exodus, the 20th chapter. Read it for yourself. Deuteronomy, he outlines very clearly what will happen to the man, woman, or nation that turns and goes their own way against the Lord God of heaven. They will be destroyed. Now, history tells us these things are true. And you have no fear of God in your heart? You think you can live your... Pleasant little life with your Santa Claus Jesus 
and everything is going to be fine, and you have nothing to fear? Are you kidding me? You have everything to fear. Listen. Impurity, that is impure thoughts, lustful thoughts, evil thoughts, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. There is a devil. And he has deep sorcery and demons. And we will soon be seeing those creatures out of the depths of the heart and mind of Satan as they come upon the earth, as we come to the very end of time. Enmity. That is anger, bitterness, strife. Fighting, spousal abuse, beating up your wife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, And things like this, I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. You may think, oh, I love Jesus. But then you behave like a devil. Where do you think your home is going to be? Do you understand? The law of God is perfect. And many of you don't even know what the law says. You don't know what it means to live an evil life because you have followed the way of the television. You follow the way of the movies. You're casual. You're laid back. You don't understand that you're Headed for destruction. There's only one way out. The only way out is to pursue Jesus and to go deep with him. To begin to allow the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about this for a minute. Every man who is alive or every woman has the Spirit of God in him. There is no life without the Spirit of God. If the Spirit of God were totally withdrawn from you, you would immediately die. It would be over. The Scriptures say that the Spirit of God contends with men and women. That is, he comes into your life. He gives you life. And he contends with you as you go toward the darkness. He tells you, no, don't go to the darkness. Go to the light. He brings kindness into your heart. He treats you with great respect. And if you choose to turn against the Lord God, the Spirit of the Lord God, then you will die. It's that simple. But today I'm being very honest with you. If you don't spend time, and I'm going to say this honestly to you, there's only one way you can gain the the fear of God. And that's by thinking about it and not ignoring it. If you know that there's a man at your door And he's carrying a a firearm. And he's going to kill you when you open that door. Will you open that door? Of, of course not. You don't want to die. You don't want you don't want someone to shoot you. But that's what we face. We face the judgments of God. And the only way that 
you'll be able to deal with that is to read the scriptures, read the stories for yourselves, read the story of the flood, read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, read the various stories in the book of Judges where they turn away from God and then God turns away from them and hands them over to enemies and they lose everything. Many die. The only possible way is for you to begin to pray and ask God to show you the reality of who he is and what his mission is to redeem you and turn you away from wickedness and draw you into the kingdom of the Almighty. There is a kingdom of darkness and there is a kingdom of the Almighty. And many of you have been drawn into the kingdom of darkness while proclaiming that you are a Christian, but you've not met the requirements of God by living holy before him, by being righteous. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. You're not going to see the Lord as you walk in your wickedness. You're not going to be able to live in your wickedness and say, when Jesus comes, he'll love me because I love him. Wrong. Doesn't work that way. Face the reality of who Jesus is, and you won't know who he is until you read the scriptures and say, okay, let me read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis, the 19th chapter. Let me read the stories of the flood and the creation. Let me see in the book of Judges what happened to Samson. Let me see what happened to the people who turned in rebellion against Almighty God. They didn't intend to turn in rebellion. They just lived the normal cultural life of that day. Many of you listen and say, why, why, why is God so mad at me? And let me tell you, God is very angry. He's angry with every person who lives according to the flesh. Read Romans, the first chapter. Read Romans, the third chapter. Read Romans, the sixth chapter. Open your mind and get real. Understand that God is, he's serious. He is going to burn America. He's going to destroy this world. What you know will soon be gone. And you will be gone with it if you have no fear of God in your heart and you have never turned and truly repented before Almighty God for the wickedness you have committed, for the wickedness that you are in your heart. If you don't seriously come to Jesus and repent for that, you will burn. Now, this is not easy to talk about. But somewhere we've got to start looking at reality and facing it for what it is. We've lived in a a la-la land. We've lived a wealthy, wicked culture. And we've come to the end. And you're going to be destroyed in the judgment of God because he's so angry with you because of the life you have lived. It's got to change. You have to change. You have to wake up and stop serving yourself and begin to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus is love. He is the Redeemer. He loves you more than I can even begin to tell you. But if you walk in wickedness, that love of his will burn you to death you will not be saved. I'm going to pray. Lord, I've talked about very unpleasant things today. And I've talked about your judgment that's coming. And all people have to do is go and read the sixth chapter of of Revelation 
and find that the judgment is going to take place. Or further, in Revelation, the great white throne is established and everyone is brought and judged. And then their life receives the punishment of death. Lord, I just, I tremble before you. I too have lived in many ways a casual, shallow life before you. I'm not going to do that anymore. I seek you with all of my heart, Jesus. I seek the way of righteousness, the way of holiness. For you've said in your word in Hebrews that without holiness no one will see the Lord. Lord, please come. Please begin to bring a great fear into the heart of men and women regarding the judgment and what happens to a sinner and cause men and women to begin to repent before you and get right with you and have their sins washed away by your precious blood and be transformed into holy, righteous people who walk in innocence with you, in righteousness with you, my Lord Jesus. There has to be a change. Lord, the churches are all preaching this wicked, false gospel that the sinner doesn't have his sins removed until he dies. Lord, Hebrews says something very different. It says you're coming back, but not to remove sin. You're coming to receive unto yourself those who've made a covenant, a sacrifice, and have heard your word that they are not their own, that they were bought at a price. And it's expected that we walk clean and holy before you that we stop walking with the world and the entertainment of the world, that we stop the casualness before you. Lord, people have become so casual, they show up in flip-flops and and shorts, and, and they come and sit in what we call the church. And the pastor comes in his casual jeans. And somehow this is supposed to be holy. Lord, we've become so wicked and so arrogant. We've become so filled with our own pride. Lord, change us. Lord, bring forth a gospel in America that will frighten the people. And they will say, whoa, this this Jesus is serious about sin, and I'm going to go to hell if I don't leave this life. If I don't stop living this casual, wicked American life. Oh, Lord, please come. Please come. Lord, it's a very noisy day outside. Leaf blowers, huge vacuum trucks, garbage trucks. Lord, everything is just buzzing and and humming and people are going about their daily lives. But Lord, it's all about to end. It's all about to crash. I plead with you, Lord. Would you give us understanding of what I've spoken today and begin to prepare your people for eternity? Thank you, Jesus. I glorify your name. Amen. I'd be interested in seeing on the chat line what your thoughts are 
Have you understood? Are you serious with Jesus? I pray you are. And I haven't even begun to share a fraction of what you need to understand if you're going to go to heaven. I'm going to be sharing that in the coming days, and it will be very sobering. I'm not angry. Some of you may have listened to this and said, Oh, Pastor Ray's angry. No, I'm not. It's just very clear to me that there has to be a change in your life. There has to be a change. There has to be a fear of God in your heart. And there has to be given to you the gift of righteousness. We've got to get right with Jesus. Now, please, we don't have much time left today. But I'd like to pray. And when you believe I have a big machine sitting out right outside of my studio... I'm praying that you can hear clearly and not be distracted. Oh, Lord. The devil's doing everything he can to distract today, to cause men and women not to be able to understand or hear or listen. It's always been that way. Anytime there's clear preaching about what the deal really is, the devil comes and brings his his distractions. Lord, I pray now for your mercy. I pray that men and women can hear and understand the word. Lord, I glorify your name. You are the almighty God of heaven and earth. You are the creator God. And sin is a very grave offense against you. And you're not going to always tolerate it. Right now you're granting us mercy to turn from our sin. Lord God, I praise you and worship you. I glorify your mighty name. For you are the God who created the earth, and you are the God who destroyed the earth with the flood. You are the God who came and burned Sodom and Gomorrah. But you're also the God who died on Calvary's tree. Lord, I praise you and worship you. Thank you, my Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Hmm. Yes, Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus.